Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for All right, folks, we are off to the races. Another episode, another installment for the archives. The Conspiracy Farm right here, riding shotgun on this muggy, muggy Midwestern day with the champion of champions, slayer of dragons, Patrick J. Militich. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Glad to have our special guest back for another episode to discuss a very, very tragic event in 2004, September 1st, 2004. Man. It happened not here in America, but um, certainly this man is an expert on anti-terrorism and how to deal with these kind of folks so it's it's an honor to have him here absolutely this i think is his third third fourth time on he's you know very very popular guest a lot of feedback on him he is a friend of the show former russian spets nuts and just kick-ass human being sonny puzikas how you doing brother i'm doing good jeff bat good to see you guys absolutely well like again uh we kind of put this together sort of at the last second again you being so friendly and accommodating with your time i did see the post that pat you posted the other day on Bezlon and um, and then Pat, you know, kind of shared it. And I had already kind of been thinking about it, just how, you know, and I was, I was in the back of my mind, weird, just there. And then, you know, what you had said, you know, don't take your eyes away. Look at these pictures. And, you know, that is something obviously that did happen 14 years ago, starting uh, September 1st and, you know, ending, ending so tragically. And you know, it could happen here if, you know. What are your thoughts on that day, you know, September 1st, 2004, the things that kind of led up to it, if you will, and just your thoughts? Uh, the political the political climate September between Chech- the Chechens and Russia and everything else. What was that, Pat? You. you know, just because of the political climate be- between uh, the state of Chechnya and Russia, and there was just a lot of stuff going on at the time. Yeah, well, uh, you know, September 1st overall in former Soviet Union and Russia in, in, in all those territories, it's, it's a big day. It's, uh, it's a standard throughout the country, everywhere September 1st being a first day of school. Right. And The day of knowledge, right? It's the it's, it's day of knowledge. It's, it's a celebration. I mean, people really prepare for it. It's not just, you know, buying school supplies for a lot of kids. It's a, it's a big deal. You know, it really yeah. is a big deal. And it is, for lack of a better term, it is a kind of like national holiday type of day. Okay. And, um, you know, the region where Beslan is located, which is Ossetia, it's neighboring with Chechnya. So it's on the foothills of uh, Caucasus Mountains. And um, obviously, back in those days, uh, 2004, most of the major Chechen... uh, so-called rebellion commanders were still alive. Most of them are not anymore. Huh. And uh, it was pre-planned event. It was for sure pre-planned event. A lot of stuff was pre-staged. Uh, so there was some collaboration with uh, some uh, someone locally who has sympathetic to their cause. Really? And, uh, yeah. They had uh, they had weapons pre-staged in school. Some of the weapons were pre-staged in school. They said that janitor that, that uh, people dressed as janitors yeah, did was, that, right? It was during it was done during the summer recess because they were doing some uh, renovations at the school. So someone from the construction crews uh, placed things there. 
And yeah, so almost 1,200 people, parents with kids, not only kids that were going to school, you know, a lot of fathers, mothers, they would bring their uh, infant kids to celebrate their big sisters or brothers first day in school or whatnot. Right. And, uh, that's when they rolled up in a truck. Uh, I believe they immediately killed one or two police officers that were there, uh, basically at the front, and uh, they herded all the people inside. Uh, within first 10, 15 minutes, uh, they killed a number of people, uh, and mainly it wasn't because someone was uh, actively resisting. It was basically from what I was told, selective who they perceived as a possible troublemaker. Right. Potential so physical threat th also probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they, they eliminated they eliminated those who they felt could be someone who may try to do something, you know, to disrupt their plans. Right. So uh, there were some fathers, there were some male teachers that were killed. And uh, basically... That's that's how it all started sir, in the morning of September first, two thousand four. Then from there, yeah, two thousand four. Just just to give a little, just, I'm sorry, just to give a little bit more background. I mean, the guy, the, the organization, the guy that started this, talking about the political climate leading up to it. I believe, and I'm going to massacre a few of these names, and I apologize, no disrespect. Uh, Ali Ali Kodov was the leader of this particular group that did this, and you know what was it? Um, Prior to Beslan, in 1995, Chechen rebels took a hospital. 150 were dead. 2002, 900 hostages in a movie theater. 129 dead. So this is the same guy that organized these particular uh, terrorist attacks and now moved in to, to with the children and the school. Yeah, well, you know, the the organizers, so to speak, the I guess the 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 click war here is the the masterminds behind it. Uh, the main person behind all of this was Shamil Basayev. Basayev, yeah. And uh, he was the, I guess, the most notorious of Chechen leaders. He was the one who was actually on the ground leader during the Budonovsk hospital takeover that you mentioned in 1995. And uh, Shamil Basayev, you know, for our, for all of my American friends and all of the Americans that listen, uh, this is a very important lesson. Shamil Basayev was trained by Soviet special forces as a proxy fighter. Right. Sounds familiar. To fight in uh, in the, today's Georgia, in Abkhazia. So Shamil was trained in the same base where I was trained, outside of Moscow in Balashikha. Uh, it's going to be a big shock to many. I've actually met the guy in person back in those days. Yeah. And uh, this is how proxies turn especially when you have proxy that has very different worldview, very different ideology. You know, the, their loyalty is never guaranteed and most likely they will turn around. And Shamil Basayev definitely turned around and then some. And for the Americans that you know, for the Americans that can't even and, follow can't even follow what you're saying that that translates to the Mujahideen that we trained to fight the Russians yeah. in Afghanistan who turned around and did 9/11. Absolutely, you right. know, and uh, and all the new allies that we're trying to create in uh, in Libya, with the new allies that we create, try to create late Senator John McCain in Syria, yeah, and and many other places, you know, that shit will come back to bite us. Mark my words, That's and it has, just, and, and Ambassador Stevens felt the pain of that. Yep, yep, and uh, 
you know, but but the scary part is that it will come back to bite us here on the home turf. Yeah. You know, and uh, and that's, you know, well, fortunately, again, I don't know how much of your listeners know, but uh, Shamil Basayev met his demise under very mysterious circumstances a few years later. Uh, it was actually a pretty, pretty interesting story about it because according to official news, which the newscasters in Russia were always telling on the live TV with a, with a kind of mischievous smile on their face that Shamil Basayev's caravan of few vehicles was hit by a missile. And uh, he was killed and the whole caravan was obliterated. And uh, interesting enough that uh, local law enforcement in that area were all woken up in the middle of the night. They cordoned off like five square kilometers, kept it cordoned off for hours. Only then they heard the explosions. And uh, lo and behold, after that big missile hit on Russian TV, they showed a perfectly preserved, severed head of Shamil Basayev. No burns on him, nothing. Wow. So sounds like he just, uh, sounds like he outlived his usefulness to the cabal. He 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 pushed buttons too far, and uh, he met his end. So. That's, he that's, bit the, he bit the hand he, he bit, bit the hand of the masters didn't he sorry Pat for some reason I, I hear Jeff very well but not you yeah, so he, much uh, he, he bit the hand of his masters you know that's that's one thing Shamil Basayev I mean he was hunted in Russia for many many years he took the same uh, kind of moves like uh, his predecessor uh, Ibn al-Khattab who was a close friend of one Osama bin Laden uh, he was one of the leaders in Chechnya as well. He was uh, actually from the same area in Yemen as Osama's family originally originated okay. from. So they did not use any electronic means of communications. Everything was through messengers of handwritten notes and all that. So they did take very serious precautions not to be found. But uh, it's just a matter of time. Russians are patient. And going back, you know, to the actual event that day, you know, when the, when the school was surrounded. I mean, they were just wiring explosives, you know, three different stages of explosives through the, you know, in the gymnasium. They had herded all these kids into the gymnasium. You know, I, I had heard there was a couple of uh, possible females that were there that had suicide vests. And then just watching a couple of documentaries, they had said some of the younger captors were nicer to them, nicer to the to the hostages. And then apparently a couple of the girls just wind up disappearing and some of the conjecture is that even though they were part of the operation they didn't realize that children were the targets and they supposedly were, were eliminated blown up or something like that uh, there's 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 a lot of stories coming out again you know when you think about it what was going on in there the stories coming in of uh hostages themselves you know and it's not a it's not in any way slapped towards people that find themselves in situations like that, you know, but uh, their objectivity of how they report of what happened is also affected by what they left through, you know. So as far as some people from that group, from the hostage takers that at first might have shown under circumstances that might have seen as a, some, some sort of compassion or whatnot, there are other stories that... Uh, that was shown towards specific young females who were then taken and raped. Oh wow! So there's 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 a lot to be said about you know the the, the witness accounts. You know I can tell you this that witnesses in a very traumatic, you know, 
severe accounts like that are not necessary you know so to speak from the from the horse's mouth yeah you know the, I mean? yeah they're I mean, most there's accurate a lot of emotion there's a lot of there's a lot of assumption there's a lot of uh, emotional emotional you know factors involved in there that that you have to be objective and and it's not easy because these for people sure. went through pure hell and they, they went through pure hell and this 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 lasted for this lasted for a total of three days, right? And they yes. they, by day two they weren't they weren't allowing they weren't allowing any medication in, any food, any water, anything like that. So by day three, uh, Russian special forces and I, I and I hear some fathers even of of the children that were in there, you know, everybody went in, and you know there were there were children that had wires around their necks to explosives on the basketball hoops. Um, up high in the air so that the shrapnel would come down on all the kids and the and the remaining adults and things like that. It ended up killing 300, I think, 334 people, 187 children were, were killed in this. But, you know, from your account, can you tell us, you know, how this was approached by the special forces, by, by the groups that, that eventually had to insert themselves into the gymnasium to try and stop this? Okay, uh... There's a lot of misconceptions about what happened, how it happened, how it went, and, right. uh, you know, why did uh, the Alpha and Vimple groups of KGB uh, stormed the way they did. Here's the thing. Uh, September 1st, yes, pretty much it was initial stage of the whole hostage takeover. It took hours before, uh, again, realized that Beslan is about a uh, good thousand miles away from Moscow. Uh Vimpel and Alpha are based outside of Moscow. Uh, those are the two uh, so-called elite units that participated in the in the takeover. Okay. Uh, they were flown in on the first, but that was towards the end of the day. Uh, throughout the night, they were setting up mock-up school outside of Beslan for you know basically test, script test run script the operation and and work it and so forth. On the September 2nd, uh, there were uh, there was actually one specific member of Russian parliament uh, who was allowed to go into school, try to negotiate with the hostage takers. Uh, he was shown a lot of things. He is originally from that Caucasus region. He is from that area. So I'm not saying he was trusted by the hostage takers, but they would have not talked to anybody else but him. Apparently, he was a little bit more sympathetic to the cause. I'm going to massacre the name, but Aslamabak Azla Kanan, something like that. Yes, I, I wouldn't say sympathetic. He was more. He was not hot headed. You know what I mean? He's he's actually a smart guy. He's he, he was much liked in, in in Russia overall. He was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, about his background, he was either a writer or he was some kind of a pretty known uh, public person before he became a member of parliament. Okay. So anyway, uh, when they brought him in on September second, he was. They walked him through the school. He saw the room with 21 dead bodies. Uh, that were that were parents and teachers that were killed prior so there were already over 20 dead people before the storm started that was september 2nd uh apparently after that there were more killings uh you know this is this is human thing you know when you have when you're in a small group of 30 plus people as a hostage takers were and you have to stay up and vigilant for three days you will start taking supplements yeah 
those guys were drugging themselves pretty heavily. Okay. Pretty heavily with some heavy stuff. Yes, there were two females, so-called black widows. Uh, so what kind of drugs, it, sorry, um, what kind of drugs would they be taking? Meth, cocaine, what? Uh, it was more of a European or a Central Asian form of uh, meth. Okay, okay. It, it was definitely uppers. Yeah, yeah. Definitely uppers. Right. And um, September 3rd, and, and yes, Jeffrey, you, you, you correct. On the, on the first day, for a few hours at least, apparently they allowed children to use bathrooms and, and, and all that stuff. After that, they were not allowed to leave. They were not allowed to use bathrooms. There was no water. Uh, there are many accounts, and I have no reason to question it, that children were begging adults, not only their own parents, but other adults, to piss in the bottles so they could drink. That's what I heard from one account. One woman was talking about her son pissed in a bottle and just gulped it down. Yes, there's there's a lot of accounts like that where one of the older gentlemen, he said, it's, it's kind of a tear-jerking thing, you know, when, when he says, you know, six-year-old boy comes up and basically begs him, you know, take a piss. Yeah. I need to drink. Jesus. You know, things like that. It's it's when you look at dehumanizing kids, this is this is taking to a whole different fucking level. Yeah. You know, and so when people, you know, we just use this cliche term, you know, terrorism, hostage taking. This goes so much deeper. This goes to 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 levels of fucking evil that's just raw. You know, it, it's just absolutely freaking raw. So anyway, the way the operation started. It was not planned yet to start. They were still in the process of trying to negotiate. They were still in the process of exploring other venues. There was a, whether it was negligent or accidental, whatever you want to call it, one of the explosives in the gymnasium went off. From what I understand, couple stories corroborated that but that one of the dead dead man switches malfunction mm. and one of the explosives went off okay at that point alpha group they were about a few kilometers away training on the mock-up majority of vimple group were on the premises in case okay and that's why majority of uh, special forces guys that were killed were from Vimple Group and not from Alpha because they ran in first. Was there so a contingent of, of armed fathers? I saw in a couple documentaries and read a little bit that there was a lot of look, armed people there that stormed it as that, well. In, in that region, it's not every family has a car. Every family has a rifle. You know, Caucasus region has been at war for years right uh regions of ossetia ingushetia dagestan other areas that are neighboring chechnya pretty much everybody is armed you know another thing about people in that region are they very very hot-blooded they're short-tempered hmm. extremely short-tempered italians have nothing on them. <laughs> italians are italians are very cool and, and composed and all that uh people there not so much it is like a freaking can of gasoline yeah. You know, it just needs a match. So trying to contain those fathers that many of them not necessarily had any training or even proper equipment or whatnot from trying to run in and try to save their children, that was another whole, you know, separate hell that, that law enforcement and cops that were establishing the cordoned off area had to deal with. Obviously, when the explosion went off, many of them basically, zero shits given, just ran towards the school. Yeah. Some of them got shot immediately out through the windows. 
you know. So there was, it was basically mayhem. The way it started was not as, as a planned hostage rescue operation. It was a random explosion that triggered everyone basically running there and trying to save who they could. Right. But because it seems like around that time and my timeline might be a little messed up. I think it was in that second or third day. They had another negotiator. I think his name was Ruslan Ashvev or something to that effect that went in and got their demands of it was a, a, a litany of things. But one of the main ones was Russia getting out of Chechnya. And it yes. sounded like the Russian government was like, we can take care of all these different um, these demands. But we just the, the one about getting out of Chechnya was just absolutely unreasonable and just not not going to happen. You know, in Russia, here's here's the saying, uh, and it's something, and I'm going to paraphrase. It's from one of the speeches that Vladimir Putin gave many, many years ago. And actually, I think that was the speech given prior to Beslan, after one of the other events. And he said, we value every single life of a Russian citizen, but the state will not be placed on its knees by threatening lives of our citizens. Because when the state gets on his knees, on its knees, the state can no longer protect its citizens. Yeah, that's the green light for them to take more and more hostages. You know, so basically the demands of getting out of Chechnya, they knew they never going to be met. They knew it. No sane person would go like, oh yeah, Putin's going to fold over and pull out of Chechnya. Are yeah. you fucking kidding? No, it wasn't going to happen because Chechnya, if, if they didn't finish what they finished now in Chechnya, Chechnya would have been 10 times worse than what Afghanistan has become. You know, yeah. that was that was existential threat to state of Russian Federation, what was going on in Chechnya. Right. Let me ask you, and this is, I've, I've tried to wonder how to phrase this without sounding like I'm sympathizing with these people who did this, but... And I don't know how this exactly turned out, kind of a Stockholm syndrome or whatever went down with the gentleman, uh, gentleman, I'm sorry, this asshole, Ali, Ali Kodov, who, who was one of the leaders apparently on the ground outside of the gentleman you spoke about earlier, not gentleman, I kind of stopped saying that, Basayev. So there was a lady in there, it was a teacher, an older teacher, uh, a mother, uh, Larissa uh, Kudzeva, massacring the name, but she was, got to talking to him after a while. And she was like, what are you doing, man? There's children here. And his response to her was, Russia's been killing our children in worse ways in our villages for years. And there's been no sympathy. Now, obviously, I'm not rationalizing this behavior, but what are your thoughts on not just here in, in, in this area, but the blowback from these wars, Afghanistan, Iraq, et cetera, et cetera, which outside of outside of us creating certain terror, there is legitimate blowback because people have lost their mothers, their daughters, their sisters, et cetera. What do you, again, not to rationalize his behavior, but what are your no, thoughts Jeff, on his... Jeff, stop apologizing about rationalizing it. It's, it's absolutely on-point observation. It's absolutely on-point observation. When we start wars, when we get involved in conflicts, to expect that we're not going to be seen as an enemy is fucking madness. It's madness. We will be seen as enemies. Okay. So this is not about rationalizing. This is just cold objectivism. When we start or get involved in action, fighting other people, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's very simple. Do I understand why they did what they did? Yes. Do I understand their feelings about many of them losing family members, loved ones, fathers, brothers during the war? Yes. Do I justify it? No, I understand it. 
here's the simple thing. I know which side of this conflict I'm on. Yeah. That's it. Now, do I justify everything that was done in Chechnya? Do I justify what we're doing in Iraq or Afghanistan? Absolutely no. You know, but does it mean that I will have some kind of justification for when they blow up the school or maternity ward in Philadelphia? Absolutely not. You know what I mean? And 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 that's 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 the that's the sad part when government has a carte blanche to start shit, and it's not the government that will be suffering. Right. Yeah. No. It's it, not the government that will be suffering. You know, it, it's it's us. It's people. It's our kids. It's our families, loved ones, teachers fucking workers from the 110th floor whatever the case might be and and you know again what these chechens are saying you know russia has been killing us for this and this and that first of all chechen conflict was a lot more than chechens versus russians you know second of all uh as far as killings and all that Many Russians can, with just as much justification, say, you you are the guys who also are coming to Moscow and Budonovsk and other cities blowing up, not going after military targets, not going after, you know what I mean? Right. Soft targets, it, of course. Yeah. And, and it's not like, per se, Russian military on purpose was going after soft targets and attacking Chechen schools. Yeah. You know, it is well-known fact that many of the insurgencies will use soft targets as a shield to conduct their operations it's been happening forever it's 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 been it's been in history since fucking bc right. you know insurgencies have used soft targets soft installations with civilians as a shield to conduct their missions and that's that so i hear what you're saying jeff and don't 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 be apologetic that you know i know you're not justifying it but what he says, we have to take it at the face value that, yes, there will be consequences for wars that we get involved. And for, to bring this into focus for Americans, we have to you know, go back just a few weeks to where a makeshift compound in the desert in the southwest had been put together by Islamic extremists, uh, the son of a very extreme uh, cleric um, out in the southwest, was taking children and teaching them how to conduct school massacres, and there was a a three- or four-year-old boy's body was found there that they had killed during some sort of crazy-ass Islamic ritual or something, satanic ritual. And it was this guy's son, actually, who they found dead. But um, the scary part of this is, and this is where I kind of, we have to try and figure out the bigger scope of this, take the thousand-foot view instead of just that portion of it, is that that compound was bulldozed literally a day or two later. We don't know how much investigation was done. The prosecuting attorney was late filing his charges against these people. Charges were dropped. Uh, I think that charges were refiled against them. But nonetheless, three people, I think, were released who were part of that whole thing. So I'm sitting here saying to myself, "Is this was this a, a CIA false flag operation getting put together to cause more false flag shootings in schools? What the hell was this thing? Sonny, I mean, what's your take on that? You know what? It's hard to say. There's, 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 you know, there are places throughout the United States of compounds of, uh, you know, many, things happening. Many, many, many compounds. Many, many, many. Dozens yes. and dozens and dozens, including here in Texas. There are a few of them here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we are afraid to take a hard look because it's going to be seen as a... Uh, you know, be it a racism or, 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 you know, whatever the hell. Islamophobia. 
Islamophobia or whatever newest label the, the, the lefties will try to hang on people that, that talk about this. But here's the thing. It's the simple fact. There are people here in the United States that don't like us. Now, quite a bit of it is justified, yes. Uh, we made ourselves hated in many areas of the world. Does that justify them training people to conduct school shootings, hostage takings, not at all. mass murders? Absolutely not. Right. Absolutely not. You know, and and you know, some people will get on the moral high horse and go like, well, what what other resources or resources do they have? They don't have their own State Department to negotiate. They don't have their political clout and power and money and influence and all that stuff. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm really tired of not being able to drive that Ferrari that I always wanted. So I guess it's time for me to rob the bank, right? Because I, <laughs> right. Just, I just don't have clout, power, and connections to make the $260,000 needed for that Ferrari, right? Right. I mean, the logic is pretty interesting when, 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 when we justify, you know, freedom of speech, First Amendment, it's, it's speech. It's speech. It's opinion. When you pick up the weapons to hurt mine, to hurt yours, to commit murder, this is not about your rights, your First Amendment or whatnot. At that point, it's very simple. It's fucking you against fucking me. Yeah. You know? Right, right. So then we, then we have to look at our friend and billionaire in Pennsylvania, our Turkish friend, wow. who is hanging out over there and has been funding quite a few of these. And, and we know that if, look... If this was Russia and these these compounds were going on, Putin would have them annihilated, flattened, and everybody in them dead, most likely. Am I correct? You are correct. Right. So so we'll just go back to the, the Fethullah, Gulen. Fethullah Gulen, who's sitting in Pennsylvania, the billionaire who's been funding some terrorist organizations. Well, yeah, running char- charter schools under the guy, well, basically training terrorists and indoctrinating them under the guise of charter schools. I mean, again, like you said, it's it's been going on, not just using soft targets, but this kind of like using proxies has been going on for quite a while. And, you know, it's it's yeah, it's it's gross, man. It's really gross. And I'm I I've wondered that too about the best land uh, situation. Was there any element of that that you felt um and see uh, any element of that that you felt was um, inside Jobish or were these legit, legit, hardcore Chechen Islamic fundamentalist rebels that, you know, really wanted to cause some trouble? Do you feel there was any element of proxy to that? I guess the gentleman you mentioned before, uh, I forget his name. I'm sorry. The guy who got beheaded. Shamil, Shamil Basayev. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if he was kind of running game with CIA, NATO, anything like that. Was Do you feel any involvement like that with, with the Beslan stuff? You know what? It's it's I haven't heard and I do have friends in high places up there. Uh, I haven't heard any rumblings about them having any kind of suspicion that this was some kind of a deeper, deeper job. Now, that's not to say that within Russian circles of influence, there were no sympathizers. There were no financial backers. There were uh, one of them is uh, late Boris Berezovsky. Uh, you know, remember the case in England where someone uh, drank some tea with the polonium? And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that gentleman was working for Boris Berezovsky. Boris Berezovsky single-handedly is the one person most responsible for the first Chechen war in 84-85. 
uh, he was in a, in exile political asylum in the United Kingdom. And then a few years later, after the, the radioactive polonium poisoning, Boris Berezovsky hung himself in his own shower. So they meet their end. Yeah. You know, they do whether, uh, whether he hung himself or not. Uh, that's your speculation. <laughs> when I even heard some of the negotiating tactics towards the end was uh, you give up some children Please, you know, out of the out of the school, and we'll release certain rebels who've been imprisoned. And part of their rationale was like, "Yeah, we'll release them. We're, we're going to find them here as soon as we release them. It's not like they're you know going to run off into the sunset. We're going to find their asses." Yeah, they they, they 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 were willing to negotiate to a certain degree about exchanging people and all that. And uh, some children, small number of children, were released to one of those parliamentarians. Uh, I think they released like ten mothers with twelve children. Yes, yeah, I believe it was on the on the on the day two. Uh, there were a couple cases where, because again, school is pretty big, there were some kids that were able somehow to escape. So there were, throughout those three days, there were things happening. Uh, at the same time, there were rapes happening, more people were being killed. So it was a very multidimensional situation, you know, and uh, I love it when I hear the critics talking about it, you know, well, if our boys, if Delta or DevGo were there, you know, they would have done it this and that. Look, man, when unexpectedly the explosion goes off and you know that dozens and dozens were killed and probably more about to die. You got to go. This is not the time to take six hours and go like, all right, so six guys go there, four guys go there. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're right. going to send in the robots and all that stuff. No, you pick up your fucking AK and you run and you fight for lives of others. Right. Yeah. That's what it was. So it wasn't like this initiated by Russians hostage rescue mission. It was initiated attempt to save as many as possible due to explosion going off in the gymnasium. Right. So, and that's, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, human instinct, no matter how highly trained you are, when you know and hear those screams and that explosion goes off and you know there's carnage, it's go time. It's go time no matter what. It is go time, you know what? And no commander would try to stop his troops because he would be fucking shot. Because most of those troops are also fathers. Yeah, yeah. You know, few of the friends that I lost there, you know, they were fathers. One of them was father of four himself and covered other kids and got shot by a sniper, you know. So so w when you think about as, as a man, as a true male, you hear something like that, you know it's kids, you're going to go. You're going to go. It's not bravado. It's not, it's not being a hero at that time. It's simple human instinct. Yeah. Man instinct to save those who need saving, who who rely on your protection. Right. And it's interesting to see how that how it ended. You know, I, I don't I didn't necessarily see a, a good ending to that anyway. But watching the chaos of that moment of that explosion actually going off. I mean, that just not just I don't know, for somewhat of a term curveball the whole situation. That's why I heard you saw you saw, you know, the police, you saw dads. You just I mean, it just yep. created absolute chaos of that third day really coming to a head, hearing the this you know, story of children not being able to go to the bathroom, not having water. I mean, I just cannot all of it. I can't even imagine in the situation but that third day just the fucking just unthinkable chaos at that moment yeah man it was it was outside of anyone's control and those guys did the best they could you know uh 10 of the good guys you know going in were killed uh i mean they 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 were working against incredible odds incredible yeah. odds yeah you know, and when you think about it, out of 1,200 hostages, 334 
have perished. Well, 324 because the other 10 were were the the soldiers. Okay. Hmm. You know, yeah, you you know, you're looking at the at the 30% loss ratio. No, no matter how you look at it, it beats 100% loss ratio. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, let's fast forward now to the United States of America, 2018. Here we are in September. 14th anniversary of Beslan. What can Americans, all those Americans out there, and you you alluded to it in your Facebook post about, you know, you know, don't call bullshit on me carrying a weapon, um, especially when I carry a weapon to um, a place where it's not supposed to be carried on school grounds because I'm picking up my child, uh, because if all hell breaks loose, because we know shooters either go when the kids are going into school or coming out of school and get them get them all in one big group. Um, you know, Americans need to know how to fight. Americans need to have a basic understanding of how to operate weapons. How to, I mean, Sonny, with your training, you can pick up any goddamn weapon on the planet and know how it works. Uh, but, you know, for, for the average American, they'll pick up a, a gun and the simplest gun and have no clue how it works. And it's very, it's a very sad state of affairs in my mind. And in, and in addition yeah, to that, you know, as you answered, how, the likelihood you do that because of the potential and likelihood of violence. What are your thoughts on something like this happening here in America? I, I you know, I, I know it's a kind of stale cliche. You know, it's 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 not it's not the matter if it's the matter when it, it will happen. I, I'm not some kind of a doomsday conspiracy theorist or whatnot. It will happen. It's it's. It, it, we have enemies. Uh, they either hated us for whatever reason. We created more of them that hate us for our involvement. And we allowed them to come in relatively freely. You know, and majority of population, population including male population, has been neutered. Uh, majority of population sleeps with a pink sunglasses on thinking that state military police courts will protect them and you know people look at events like Beslan, like Budonovka, like uh, like the theater siege in Moscow like like many other things that we don't talk much about you know look how many of these hostage situations and mass killings have happened in the Middle East yeah you know Muslims killing Muslims yeah yeah you know what I mean? So it's not that they hate America, okay? They they have ideology that tells them that the path where they need to go, what they need to do to achieve their goals. And people think that there are no skilled people, armed people, people capable of planning that do have such political or ideological views as folks in Beslan had here in America. <laughs> Pat mentioned the, the New Mexico thing, right? Uh, I mean, that's 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 one small example. That's one small example out of many that have been prevented. How many we haven't heard of, and how many of them have not been caught, have not been found? Right, right. And now you, you alluded to also the you know what what I I'm so sick of of hearing, frankly, is these lunatic leftists talking about toxic masculinity, and and so so. The way I see it, and I'm back to that thousand-foot view of a situation, and people, some people think I'm completely crazy for it, but to me it's crystal clear. When Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend, <clears throat> excuse me, who's friends with Linda Sassor, 
who's connected to the mother, uh, Muslim Brotherhood within the United States, is a hardcore leftist who, uh, you know, it, I mean, the leftist Marxist ideology and the Islamic extremists are hinged at the hip until they destroy this country. And then what? Will they fight for the remnants then at that point? I don't know, but they're all, they're all fucking lunatics. But the point that I'm making is Linda Sarsour talks Colin Kaepernick into kneeling at a football game when his contract wasn't even going to be renewed to stir up some shit thinking that she's explaining to him, I can see it all go down now. If you kneel, cause a bunch of shit, um, get signed, cause a bunch of controversy, you know, go to a different team. And But here's the thing. This is an attack on something. The NFL is a, a major cornerstone to the whole vision of what masculinity is supposed to be in the United States. Big, strong, physical men smashing yep. the shit out of each other. And if we destroy yep. the NFL, we destroy masculinity, a big chunk of it. And now it goes even further with Disney-owned ESPN. I watched ESPN implode because I worked at ESPN when it all went down. When Disney bought ESPN, it was no longer about sports. It was about what you did in your fucking bedroom, which nobody gives a shit about, frankly. And so there's nothing but brochures, brochures and everything else about, you know, alternative sexuality, which I don't give a shit what you do in your bedroom. But we watched ESPN self-implode, and now ESPN has signed the UFC, and you watch. Watch ESPN and Disney destroy another symbol of masculinity in this country, the UFC. Well, Pat, you are, the, you are, you are one of the icons of toxic masculinity, you know, so... Uh... <laughs> We are we are dangerous like that, my man. So yes. that's that's you know what? I'm 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 proud of being toxic male. I'm proud of being toxic male and uh I'm gonna work till my last breath to create more toxic males. I love it. You know, the yeah. ones the ones that uh can fight, the ones that can think for themselves, the ones that provide for their families, that don't wait for help, will accept help but will not wait for it. Right. The ones that yeah, actually appreciate women for what women are, our better halves. Right. You know, we chase that skirt until we find the right one. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. You know, and I'm and I'm teaching my boy like this, and I'm gonna make him into a very very toxic male. You know, and 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 and, and here's the thing, man. Like you were saying, they going on after institutions that are symbols of traditional life. Right. You know, Thank you. where it's not better or worse, it's not. Froze. You froze for a sec, Sonny? Countdown? Says communication lost. We are trying to get Sonny back. What no. are you doing to try and get Sonny back right now? Damn it. There he is. All there right, we got is. you back, buddy. All right, good. So they're... they're Am I they're, back? Yeah, you, you were just saying they, they attack institutions of... of masculinity of of what this country stands for traditional life everything else yeah traditional life is dangerous to the leftist marxist uh, way of life you know it, it's it's they don't want people that are objective thinkers they don't want people that are not reliant on government you know it, it's kind of like reading the 10 points of saul alinsky on which by the mm. way hillary clinton wrote her dissertation right yes it's like it's like it's like a perfect following of fucking Marxist manifesto, and that's what they're doing step by step. It's death by thousand cuts. If and if American folks don't recognize that earlier on, 
we're gonna have to start seeing some red running down the streets trying to preserve what america should be you know it's interesting you say that and i I think i mentioned this to you in one of our previous previous podcasts with you where a friend of mine who spent a lot of years with with naval special warfare said look man with all these leftists and all these freeloaders i don't know 50 million of them how many of them are there at this point he said you either and he smiles he has that smile and he goes you either give them what they want or the alternative is you fucking get rid of them (laughs) <laughs> and that's the alternative. And he goes, and you're, and you know, you're going to relate to this. Look, I was never a special forces guy. I'm a basic caveman. I can kick most people's asses with my hands. Probably do pretty decent with knives, better than the average guy with guns. But I'm no friggin' phenomenal badass special forces guy by any means. But you'll be able to relate to the way he put this. He goes, look, if 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 CW two Civil War two kicks off, he goes. You know what I'll be? I'll be fucking happy because I'm going to run that shit. <laughs> and, yeah. and you know you can relate to that mentality because it's guys like you guys that are going to go, you fuck with me, you're all dead, right? It's on. No, at this look, at this point, it, it, at, at this point, it's, this, is, this is what, you know, America is based on fucking individual freedoms and liberties. Right. They pushing, this is where they don't understand the leftists. They pushing to take not America. They pushing to take away individual freedoms and liberties, which is the fucking foundation of America. Right. And they pushing individuals. They're not pushing some collective. They're pushing individuals. When those individuals like that, like that guy, thousands of others, myself, and although I'm Russian and all that stuff, guess what? America is my home. This is my fucking country. Right. You know, when they're going to push us to collective action, they may not like what they will see. <laughs> if they see it at all, because they won't fucking see it coming. You know, it's, 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 here's the thing, man. Most of people in this, in this, in these circles, you know, like yourself, Pat, like, like, you know, fighters, people that seen some life. We are not violent people. Actually, we are probably some of the most tolerant freaking people. Yeah. You know, we can, we can forgive a lot. Right. We can forget a lot. But we have, you know, we're not like Obama. When we say there is a land in the sand, line in the sand, I mean it. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking mean it. You know, and they slowly pushing closer to that line. They're not there yet, but they're slowly pushing towards in it. The, in the words of the late, great Tupac Shakur, I'm not a killer, but don't push me. <laughs> there you go. And, and I honestly, we've talked about this before, and even our last episode, we've talked about this many times on the show, you know, t- t- civil unrest, like we're talking about civil war, just doesn't happen overnight. There's a slow conditioning over the course of years, if not longer, to, to begin to see your enemy no longer as a human being. And I think we're really getting to that point, not necessarily overnight civil war too, but we're talking about collectives. Media's doing a great job of it. Well, and the, the, you have your collectives trying to speak and take away individual rights, and I think that's just going to be a huge and we're reaching almost a precipice where we, where we have this, you know, group think, and then you have individuals, and uh, there's a clash coming. It seems like. No, it's it's you you you're absolutely correct, Jeff. It's it's you know, when uh, what we're talking about now, you know, I, I know you guys know it and you realize that, but in the eyes of millions and millions, this is hate speech. What yeah. we're saying yeah. for to them is a hate speech. Right. 
And to me, that right there is uh, a clear indicator that significant, significant segments of population are no longer, you know, reasonable. They're no longer Americans. I, I hate to say it like this. They're no longer Americans. And I, and I, you know, it's it's crazy you say that. I mean, that's that's so very true. These individuals who are running about and talking about anti-fascist are behaving in the most fascist manner. I don't like what you're saying, so you can't come speak at this college. You know, yeah. I, I, I identify as XYZ, so I'm going to impose your my language onto you. I mean, this is kind of what you're talking about, the stripping away of all these things, these traditions we've had. And, you yeah, know, it's kind of like hijacking I, biology. I, I and, not, I'm sorry? I will not tolerate your intolerance. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so, we will not tolerate your intolerance. That's, oh, okay. that's okay, exactly right. You know, and the thing is, it's 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 funny. You see, you know, a uh, a pro free speech march or rally, and Antifa shows up. Antifa comes with baseball bats and steel rods and all kinds of other stuff, and decides to attack these guys. They get beat up in about three minutes and take off running. Those, when I look at the guys, when I look at the guys throwing punches from the pro Trump side or pro freedom, pro pro you know constitutional side. There's no, there's no trained fighters in that crowd whatsoever. There's no special forces guys. They, they, they haven't even gotten to the guys that are really going to do damage. Oh no, yet. Oh, no. Uh, the the people that are capable of serious action are still sitting back. Yeah. Are still sitting back, and uh, being very again, patient. Just like Je- just just like Jeff says, don't push us. Yeah. Don't push us because you know. We are actually very tolerant people because I tell you, man, shit like that, if it was going down in some other countries, <laughs> you would not be tolerated for your actions. You would not be tolerated for your actions. Yeah, you know, truly, truly. People here, Americans are very tolerant. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, the... that, that is that is a great plus and a great tragedy of, of, of America. Yeah. If you, if you saw what, I mean, if Putin got reelected or elected and there were... There were Antifa activists burning shit and blowing stuff up and doing what they were doing in Washington, D.C. If they were doing that in downtown Moscow, they would have got wrecked, wrecked on the spot. Well, as, 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 British, as British soccer fans find out that Moscow police is not the I same saw as that. police. You know? I saw that. <laughs> Did you see that? I didn't. What happened? All British soccer fans got their asses kicked. Oh, they decided kicked. they're going to jump on the police car in Moscow. Well, they find out pretty quickly that <laughs> Moscow cops are not London cops. <laughs> they got fucking wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Bobbies. Well, before we let you slide, and I just um, oh, let me. Yeah, talk about your trainings coming no, up. No, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold oh, on. Okay. Before, before going back to best line. Before we round out on best line, what are your thoughts? April fourth, two thousand seventeen, the European Courts on Human Rights ordered Russian government to pay three point two million dollars to the best line victims. Yeah, uh, I I think that we should start a petition uh, to European Court to order U.S. government to pay three point two million to each of the parents of the children killed in that South Florida school because they did not prevent it. They didn't do anything. And FBI knew about it with 32 fucking notes yeah. of the name of the guy, who he is, where he is, and all that stuff. So and how 50 about phone that? calls. Right. How about that? You know what? European court, uh, you know, people will, will say that this probably has a monkey, you know, uh, ra- racial undertones. It's a monkey court. It has nothing to do with racism. These are, these are, these are clowns that are 
so far removed from realities of life, so far up their own rectums with their <laughs> ideological posturing that taking anything they say for for one penny's worth is, is a fucking joke. Right. Jeffrey? No, I'm with it. I just I found that odd. You know, you know, the Russian government now has to pay out. You know, per what you said, you know, why? I don't think the Russian government has to pay shit. They won't. I'm sure they didn't. I mean, I mean, I don't, who knows if they did? I don't know. But it's like using that analogy of like, why didn't the U.S. government, you know, pay out families for Parkland? It's, you know, obviously. It, regardless, you know, that was a very just beyond tragic event, man. As as a father and 11 year old daughter, I just well, doing show prep and watching these shows for this. It just is. It, it it just freaks me out, man, and it ruins those kids almost for the rest of their life. Their childhood is gone, and to just to imagine the terror and, and the shit they went through for those three days, it's just it's just mind numbing, man. Yeah, to the to the credit of filmmakers, you know, there there are a couple of good shows. The Three Days in September is one of them. Yeah, uh, there was an HBO special called Children of Beslan. If you can find that, it's pretty freaking powerful. You know, yeah. and then there are quite a few shows and and and, and uh, documentaries in the Russian language that you cannot get. At least I haven't seen translated versions, but uh, okay. I watched it and I I talked to a number of people that were there on on all three days, and uh, yeah, this 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 event this is not just because yeah it has extra emotional load to it because it involves children, but. The ruthlessness of this, the 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 how raw the evil can be, I think this one takes the cake. Be prepared. Yeah, and again, not to kind of circle back too far, but you know, the blowback from so much stuff that's been going on, like you said, it's not a matter of if it's just a matter of when. So it, yeah. per, per what you've done and per what Pat does, you know, we've talked about it, training for violence, the potential for violence, that doesn't mean it's like an insurance policy. You buy fire fire insurance, you don't you don't expect your firehouse to be burnt down, but just in case it does, you are prepared. Talk to us a little bit about uh, forward training concepts and what that does to help prepare you and the people who come see you for these potentialities. Okay, well, uh, forward training concepts is uh, what I do, is what I teach. I teach uh, violence. I teach good people how to do bad things to bad people. <laughs> that's that's really that all there is to it. With uh, your bare hands and your bare feet, with any tools that you may find, improvised weapons to edged weapons to blunt weapons to firearms. Uh, I am uh, of a belief now that civilians not only need, but they absolutely deserve the same or higher level of training as military and law enforcement. Uh, I pulled all the plugs. There's nothing that I won't teach civilians that I used to teach to military spec ops. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, that's just it because, you know what? Individual citizen is the ultimate minority. That's what I believe and that's what it is. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's the most oppressed minority in this country and everywhere else. So I teach uh, combatives, you know, hand-to-hand -hand stuff. Uh, I call it, uh, my new programs, I call it Fight Hacker. <laughs> it's kind of a little, little, little different approach to rewire yourself. I kind of made this little funny meme just, just to, to kind of expand a little bit on that. I said, you know, paraphrasing JFK, uh, ask not what your enemy can do to you ask what can you do to your <laughs> enemy yeah i love that yes. dude. that needs to be put on a t-shirt yeah, it's actually in the words jeffrey yes. there you yeah, go. i need one we need to order those where yes. hey so your website where so, can we order that stuff 
Yes, it's uh, www.sonnypuzikas.com, S-O-N-N-Y-P-U-Z-I-K-A-S.com. I'm also present on social media under the same name, or you can look up on YouTube, Forward Training Concepts, or Sonny Puzikas, and uh, get the information there. Yeah, and same on, you, you obviously same on Facebook as well. You often go live with kind of, you know, segments of information, tutorials, you know, just breaking stuff down. So you got multiple yes, platforms you can track down. Mr. Sonny Puzikas, man, on this, you know, we're just a day past 14 years ago that, you know, such a ridiculous, horrific tra- travesty and tra- tragedy took place. Um, I really, really value and appreciate your time and giving your insights on this. Um, and I, like you said, you know, you lost friends there. I definitely apologize for that. And, you know, so sorry for that. But uh, thanks for your time, buddy. Yeah, thanks. Thanks All for right, your knowledge. Guys, good to be good to see you and hear you both again. And uh, anytime. All right. I love what you do and keep doing what you're doing, man. Thank you, sir. Safe you travels. Yeah, you do the same too. forward training concept. Sonny Puzikas. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Peace and so much love. Stay tuned. Always there will be more.